Hello, I'm Craig Constantine. Today I'm talking with Julie Duffy. I should say this evening, we're in the same time zone. Uh, welcome, Julie. <laughs> hey, thanks for having me. It's great to be here. I thought when you scheduled, I thought you were east of me, and then you scheduled in my evening, and I'm like, are you a night owl? And it turns out apparently that is actually a thing, that you are also a yes, night owl. Yes, and technically I am a little bit east of you. A little bit <laughs> yeah, Not- All right, by a couple of miles. <laughs> South, southeast of me. Okay, fine. You win. You're ahead of me. Um, the Australians always, they're like, well, I'm calling in from tomorrow. And like the future's bright for at least 17 hours. <laughs> um, so we had a, a mutual friend of ours, a mutual podcasting friend say, you need to talk to Julie. I'm like, okay, I'm down. I talk to anybody. Um, I don't mean that oh, in the derogatory way, but I just <laughs> love talking to people about podcasting. I And, and we talked about this before, but this is where I'm going to start. I, I scrolled all the way back. By the way, what number are you on? Roughly. Uh, two forty-six. Awesome! Everybody listens to the show. That's like my shtick. Anytime I catch a podcast, I'm like, "What number are you on?" That's awesome because podcasting <laughs> is a lonely thing, and I think people need to hear that. And actually, that's that's actually really awesome to get to a three-digit number. And I scrolled all the way back to the beginning, and I noticed I I did the same thing. I'm not criticizing you. I noticed that your earliest episodes have numbers on the front, which I used to do too. And the first one is zero, zero, one. And I, and I was like, oh, a special place in my heart. And I went, <laughs> this is a process person. This is somebody who went, I'm going to call it episode one. Oh yeah. But then when I get to 10, I'm going to have a weird thing with a zero in the sorting. So I'll put a zero, but if I'm going to say I'm going to do 10, I really ought to be in for a hundred. Um, so I just want to first point at that and say, <laughs> like we're kind of repeating some of our conversation here, but do you agree with me when I say you're a process person if you put zeros on the front of episode numbers? <laughs> I, I was really surprised when you said that because um, I don't, like, I, I've lived my whole life being told I'm disorganized and, you know, losing my keys and all that, <laughs> all that stuff. Can't find my glasses. Um, so it was surprising to hear you say that. But when I thought about it, it makes sense because possibly because I'm disorganized. <laughs> when I do something, I need a checklist. I need to save myself. You know. And also I'd been doing the story a day challenge for a while and I, I was numbering blog posts, you know, I was numbering the days of the challenge. And I very mm. quickly, of course, realized that if I numbered day one, one, I would lose it in my files on my computer. Mm. So, and like you say, I, I, adding the one zero just seemed, you know, a little yeah, ambitious, well. right? <laughs> <laughs> Come at me, bro. We're doing 999. Exactly. It's, I mean, you know, I should, maybe I should have put three zeros. I don't know. <laughs> oh, yeah, don't get me started. I, I did, when I did episode 100, the person that works with me on the show, we, we had this conversation about the numbers and how excited we were to stop typing the zeros on the front because we're so sick of <laughs> typing. And now I have subsequently gone back and basically erased the numbers off. But anyway, um, process. So you mentioned uh, storyaday.org. You didn't Indeed. mention the domain name, storyday.org, where you run May and some Septembers, you run a writing challenge. And when I said process and you said no, the second thought that I had was, wait a minute, you talk about how important it is for, I'm not a writer, for writers to finish. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, that's process. That's beginning, middle, ending. This is a process. And I'll also say a lot of the things that you're describing, um, card catalogs, libraries, research, (laughs) history. A lot of this is about visualizing the end. What does done look like? And to me, that's all process. So what I want to ask is, um, without maybe exploding your writing, like I broke my writing because I explained it, you know, that whole thing about don't look at how it works because you'll (laughs) break it. Um, 
Do you find that there are there is a particular place where writers get stuck? Like, is it in the starting? Is it in the middling? Oh, middling is the wrong word. Is it in the middle or is it in the finish? Um, the answer to that is yes. Um, <laughs> I put the question mark. I'm like, that's a terrible question. Craig. Well, no, it's it's not a terrible question because it depends on the it depends on the writer and it depends on the project. Some people have a terrible time getting started because when you're about to start writing, you could write about anything, and when you can write mm. about anything, you could write about everything. And if right. you can write about everything, then what do you choose, right? Some people have trouble getting started, but some people get started fine. And I think this applies to podcasting too. I mean, any creative process, any creative, oh, there we go, process, any creative act, you you know, you have to get started. And then, so you have to get over that fear that it needs to be perfect. And mm. then you have to get, when you get into the middle, it kind of loses its shape a little bit and possibly not with a podcast, but with, with art and with writing, the, the middle is where you complicate things. Otherwise it doesn't get interesting. Um, I, I Ooh, guess even with a podcast conversation, right? You've got your intro ready. You know you're going to say hello. You're going to introduce the guest, but like the conversation in the middle is kind of go wibbly wobbly a bit, and you have to find the path and keep going. Now, when you do it live, you, you don't really have any choice. You have to keep going. <laughs> but if you're a writer, you can stop and walk away. And when you complicate things, you throw things at your characters. That gets complicated, and it seems unmanageable and a lot of people get stuck there but I think the reason they really get stuck there is because they don't have that good vision of the end they don't know what they're aiming at so and you don't I don't think you need that before you start but some point in the middle you need to figure out oh this is going to end and I think I'm going here and here's how I want to leave the audience feeling at the end so this is how I have to drive that way so Yes, people get stuck at different points depending on who they are. But I, that's one of the reasons that I keep pushing people to get to the end. Because once you're there, even if the rest of it's a mess, you know what the piece wants to be. And then mm. you can go in and tidy up. So there's a long answer to your question. No, that's not a long answer. That's a good answer. Um, I, there's so many... <laughs> When Craig does that, okay, this this the brain is a little weird. Sometimes it locks up because I said too many things I want to say at the same time. I'm like, I got nine questions. What is it about podcasting? So first of all, you're doing host on mic, the you know, just you talking to you know stuff. Mostly. So hundreds of those episodes and host on mic, I suck at. I'm just gonna call myself out. I think I've done like five and they're really bad. Mm -hmm. And and I know I know how to fix that. Just do a bunch more, which I'm working on. But I'm wondering if you've found certain parts of your uh, writing skill set that help you. Um, so one I could think of is like if you're if you're working from scripted or outlined material, well, that's clearly writing, Craig. So that would apply. That's an obvious one. But I'm wondering if there are skills that you, in hindsight, and maybe you recognize this from on episode 100, but at some point you look back and you go, oh, I really didn't think about story arc or storytelling or I don't know, character development. I don't know deadly about writing. Are there any things that surprised you that were a skill from writing that actually carried through into your particular format of podcasting? Hmm. I think I am a little long-winded and could use some editing. So that's why I mostly write. So the thing, the interesting thing for me about podcasting has been that I I don't edit as if I can help it because otherwise it wouldn't get done. So Amen. I just like I just go, <laughs> and I, if I have a guest on, I'll edit. Uh, sometimes I interview people, but um, 
Yeah, one of the reasons that I write is because you have the luxury of going back and finding the right word. So when I started podcasting, I actually used at first um, Anchor, the live mm -hmm. service where you just, and back in the days when you just mashed a button and talked and then <laughs> mashed it again. I don't, I think it's more sophisticated now, but it was live. And that was the only way I had, I had right. made podcasts. I'd played with the technology and I'd made those first few episodes, but I spent so much time going in and trying to tweak it and make it perfect that I wasn't getting anything out. I wasn't shipping it in mm. uh, Seth Godin's parlance. So <laughs> I, I, I used that anchor platform just to kind of get me doing it live. And it, it was literally live. And I know people nowadays who will go live on Facebook or live on YouTube just to get over the fear of talking in a continuous way without being able to stop and edit. So for me, the skills of writing uh, don't really apply, but there are some skills I've learned from uh, copy editing, uh, copywriting rather, and marketing, which come in more with the podcast because it, that if you're making a, a sales video or something, you'll you'll have a script which has a hook and then a story mm, and then point, teaching yeah. points and then a you know summing call to action and then summing things up. So as I've learned more about that world, that's probably bled more into the podcasting because I'm like, oh, I should probably tell them what I'm going to be talking about, and then I should probably <laughs> tell them a little story, and then I should remember to tell them yeah. you know something at the end. All the things I don't do. <laughs> yeah, but you know, if I if I'm but then if I'm having a conversation with somebody, if somebody's on as a guest, it'll just be um, uh, it'll just be a conversation, and then I'll, I might remember to to do an ex, you know, an outro mm. or something. So I don't know that the writing. I mean, a facility with words is a thing. But do you ever do you ever feel like <laughs> sometimes I worry about? I'm not worried about it today. Sometimes I worry about bludgeoning people with vocabulary. Like sometimes. I'm a fan of Aldous Huxley's, and not just the the standard classics, but just like his essays and things. And sometimes I read them, and I'm just like, oh, that's the perfect word, you know. So, so sometimes I feel like I have the perfect word, and then I'm afraid to say it because I'm just like, I feel like I'm going to sound like a. There's got to be a word for bludgeoning people with the dictionary. Um, <laughs> do you ever feel like when you're talking to guests on your show? that you find yourself like double clutching on language or word choice because you're like, oh, that's that's the writerly thing for me to say, but because I do No, because my guests are writers. <laughs> so ah, well we, we say things like me thinks and, and nobody, you know, nobody- <laughs> Nobody <an> twitches. <laughs> it's like, well played on the green in two. Oh, <laughs> Indeed. Well, you you, are, you definitely should be called Craig if you're, if you're talking about golf. In case people haven't noticed, I'm from Scotland, so. Yeah. <laughs> But no, I don't, I, I don't, I actually, I love words so much that, and I grew up um, always loving words and to be a grown up has been a real gift because you're able to just, well, maybe it's just when you hit your forties, but you're able to be yourself, right? You don't have to, you don't have to dial down your language because people are going to make fun of you for being a snob or for being pretentious. And like, this is my podcast. If I want to say anti-disestablishmentarianism, I will. Uh, I love it. No, I'm I'm completely with you. I try. I I have a bunch of shticks. Like a you know, done a couple of episodes, and one of my shticks is I sometimes find that I'm on my social media soapbox and be like, how did I how did I get on that? So, so, so I have like I'll be like, let me check. No, okay, I'm gonna try and stay off it. So I there are things that I come back to, and I try not to be clever on purpose because I think, uh, well, I'm 
damn certain that being clever is never the right thing. Like, no, Craig, don't do that. Well, it's um, hard to be clever and be authentic. And I think that's one of the great things about podcasting. Well, I can be is... an authentic smartass. Smartass is one thing. Yeah, but but that's, I mean, when I'm talking to people about writing, um, I will encourage them to kill the ghost of their fifth grade English teacher because they mm. encourage people to write in this very formal way that nobody wants to read. Like Dickens wrote like that because he was Dickens and that's how people talked then. We're not doing that now. So in conversation like this, I don't think it, I mean, I think if you're using jargon and you're being like a, using industry jargon or marketing jargon, and that's kind of excluding people. But if you're just using right. words that come naturally to you, then I think you come, people get a sense of who you are by the, the words that you choose. So you should choose Craig's words. That made me, so choice of words and, and that made me think of a, and I'm not going to, holy crap, it's right here. Oh. <laughs> wow. <laughs> that that doesn't happen very often. Um, so uh, I'm guessing this is not an English name because that's spelled weird. I'm thinking it's Henri Nguyen. Um I haven't finished ingesting this quote, but I just wrote this down today. Uh, to listen is, oh, now I suddenly feel like there's an author listening to me recite. To listen is very hard because it asks of us so much interior stability that we no longer need to prove ourselves by speeches, arguments, statements, or declarations. True listeners no longer have an inner need to make their presence known. They are free to receive, welcome, to accept. I love when I'm able to find a quote. So when you were just talking, my mind went to that idea and I thought, my personal opinion, the reason I'm so good at this is because I've learned to to like be okay with, oh right, I'm supposed to be talking now. Like I, I get lost. I mean, yes, I have things to say in this moment, but I don't feel like I have to wait, like hurry up and stop so that I can talk next. Um, and I'm Guessing that you probably have a pretty um, refined, uh, words into sentences, putting similar sense of that, because as an author, you would be comfortable going, hmm, and, and like figuring it out and just like making yeah. space for, I don't know, one doesn't know. I don't know what your thoughts are on that quote. Oh, that co quote is, um, I mean, I wanted to just sit here and leave dead air after you said it. <laughs> Oh, thank like, you. That's the that biggest be, compliment that podcasters can pay is that I, just, I didn't want to make a sound. Well, that's, and I think a lot of us in our daily lives and in it, probably in our jobs, um, we get that it's a, it's a rat race. It's a competition to have the, the last word and the say the, ne the next clever thing. And so then we forget that in daily life, conversation's not that. It's listening to what somebody else has to say and like having that moment to go huh, and not be preparing your answer as they're talking. Um, and so few of us actually remember to do that in daily life. So maybe this is something that that we can do as we listen to conversation on podcasts is like practice that. And for anyone who's listening and thinking about interviewing, there is nothing wrong with leaving an uncomfortable silence. Because if you leave a silence, the other person will fill it and they will say something interesting. But you have to be comfortable waiting for that to happen. He's doing it now, folks. Let's <laughs> <laughs> go see. Let's see who talks next. Um, yeah, no, you're making like 117 really 
insightful. Like if you're listening and you're a podcaster and you're new to this, press rewind, masterclass just happened. I think that it took me <laughs> way too many, like 30, 40, 50, 120 episodes to to get comfortable going, huh? Because the other person just knocked me off my chair, you know, figuratively. It's like, <laughs> I think I've ever been knocked off my chair for real in a podcast, but conceptually just been like, I don't know what to say in response to that. Um, and so as you were describing that, you know, um, conversation is my shtick, literally. My personal mission is to create better conversation, to spread understanding and compassion. Podcasting is one of the things. Like, So uh, anytime somebody says the C word, I get excited. I think that it's important for people to remember podcasting conversations are really artificial. I mean, if you have a great conversation with a friend or a partner, at some point somebody gets up and goes to the bathroom or gets another glass of wine or, or like, like there's all this other stuff that happens in the space. So first of all, uh, we're running a video call here so we can see each other. Um, but you know, you can't, when I wave my hand, you can't feel the air. You can't, you know, there's like a wood stove burning or you can't, it's like you have a completely different universe of experience. So there's so many things that are removed when you're working virtually and then so many constraints placed. It's like, oh, I'm supposed to be the host. You're supposed to be the guest. I'm supposed to be asking questions and we're supposed to be talking to you, blah, 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 blah. Um, so I just think that there's joy in like letting go of the structure in my head. And now I'm wondering, oh, story structure. Like, is there... Are there different kinds of thought processes that lead to different types of stories when you're writing? And if that, if there'd be a parallel, I, I draw, like <laughs> I grab random ideas and just glue them together and ask them as a question. And I'm wondering, there's certain kinds of thought processes that I cultivate to have a good conversation with a pair of microphones. And I'm wondering, are there, does it work like that when you're trying to write? And then I'm wondering if we have parallels that we, the two of us can tease out maybe in thought processes in creation of podcasts and that's, I could be talking through my hat. No, that's really interesting because people, I think when people start writing, they, they write for the love of it. And, you know, they read a book as a kid and they're like, I want to write a story and they write a story and somebody says, that's great. And then they, you know, when you get a little bit older, we start learning to analyze writing mm. and we start learning about story structure and the hero's journey and the rising tension and all those things that people have done to deconstruct stories in an effort to understand how to replicate some good thing about storytelling and there are structures that underlie certain types of stories western storytelling tends to have that beginning middle end thing with a crisis and a resolution and blah so there are definitely story structures but there's lots there are lots of different things to to do and I had I really like the fact that you say you're not a writer and then you had that question about are there thought processes, processes that precede the writing that will come up with a different type of story? Because I think you're absolutely right. Like if someone is, one of the things I work on with writers a lot is not the technicalities of writing. I think they can go read a book for that. They can Google a particular technique. Strong. <laughs> you know, they, they can, yeah, exactly. They can, they can find techniques. So one of the things I try and work on with writers is that mindset part, you know, the giving yourself permission, getting yourself in the right mood, getting yourself to the desk, building a process, building a practice. Oh, I am a process person. See, you, <laughs> I, I was say it. I, I was about to go like this. You know, I'm gesturing at the screen, you know. <laughs> so, 
Yeah, so I think like that that thing, but I haven't heard it expressed in a way that like are there thought processes because people will talk about getting you know their environment right or picking a story structure that they mm. want to write to, and I think that's that's kind of like step five. Um, but thinking through like how's my energy like if you're going to write a high energy scene, you're going to write a fight scene. You know, you need to get yourself kind of in that like physical and mental place. So I do think, yes, there are definitely, there are, there are mental preparations you can make for any artistic endeavor, any creative endeavor that will be reflected. Like if you're, de- if you're really down and you've had a terrible day and you just had a fight with someone and you try and do something creative, it's going to be kind of Chopin, sludgy, right? right? And, you're going to write. <laughs> yeah. You're very, very sad. But you know, if you want to write the happy love scene, then you're going to have to do something before you put pen to paper. You're going to have to like put on some romantic music or dance or do something to change your, your state. So th- yeah, that's a great question. Hmm. This is going to be a surprise, but I'm watching the time tick away. <laughs> so I'm thinking that's probably a terrific place to stop as much as I hate ever to stop these conversations. I'm going to say that's a wonderful place to end. Um, Julie, it was a pleasure to meet you to get a chance to hang out and talk. And hopefully this won't be the last time we get to chat. So thanks for joining me this evening. Oh, thanks for having me. This was uh, so fun and so interesting to talk about the, you know, the art of conversation and, and how we put it into people's ears. 